You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today is a fairly recent friend of mine and friend of the podcast, and that is Tyler Bentley. So he owns and operates the Rise Hunt on a bunch of different social platforms on Carbon TV. He makes amazing content, and you're going to hear a stat, I'm sure, during this episode about how many deer or how many of his deer he has got on camera. I mean, it's insane. Like when he harvests a deer, it is almost a hundred percent. And I kind of envy him for that because I don't have a lot of stuff filmed and I want to, because I love sharing my stories with other people, but it's amazing when you can share a story and then partner that with the video of the hunt, of the experience, of the adventure so we're going to hear a little bit about Tyler's season this year. Actually, hopefully a lot of his season this year. I know a little bit about it because we did a hunt together in Wisconsin in October, but there has been so much more happening both before and after that hunt that I'm not super familiar with. So I'm excited to sit down, hear his stories from the year. And when he tells you where to find him online, I promise you, you're going to want to go and check out his content. So Let's jump in with Tyler. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. On the show with me today, I've got Tyler Bentley. Now, Tyler. You've been hunting all over the place, and you sent me a couple sweet videos already. This season's been good to you, it seems like. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster. It's been good, and it's been really bad. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting both ends of the spectrum over here. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling, man. It's been it's been slow rolling for me here. We were just talking before the recording. <laughs> You've got a property in Missouri that you hunt, and you're like, dude, there might not be a single deer in the county. Well, here where I'm at, it doesn't seem like there's a single mature buck in the county. I haven't, it's, it's been almost a full month since I've had a mature buck on camera. That is crazy, man. I don't know where the heck they're at right now. If they're just in hiding or the weather. I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I, I just, before this call, I got off a call with Dan Johnson and we were talking and he's like, dude, I've heard that same thing from a hundred people like no rutting activity on camera whatsoever. They're not seeing it in person. The big bucks seem to be disappearing. And he's like, and it's not just in Iowa or Missouri. He's like, it seems like it's all over. But on the flip side, you go on social media and people seem to be slaying monsters left and right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't judge it off, off social media. It seems like 
everybody in the whole world has killed bucks this year other than you when you're scrolling on there. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if if the Missouri deer numbers are down this year or if it's EHD or CWD. I don't really know. But um, my buddy out there that uh, I stay with, Chris, he has, you know, 2000 plus acres. And between him and I, we're like, man, it's just something's different this year. I don't know if it's deer. No- I mean, deer numbers are definitely down, but we don't know the cause. We're not seeing a ton of dead deer in ditches or anything, but it's just, yeah. it's been a different year. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious if it's weather, like if I, if I had to put money on something, I feel like it's weather because the weather here, I mean, even right now it's sunny outside. It's probably in the mid to upper forties. It's super windy today. But other than that, it's like a bunch of bluebird days where typically you're not seeing deer moving and we haven't had any severe cold spells down here. Maybe one that was, I mean, got down into the twenties, but other than that, like winter, hasn't shown up here at all we're not really getting much precipitation and for whatever reason it's just an off year you know you talk to bill gates he's going to tell you it's global warming but i just (laughs) i don't know what it is i just know that it's not getting the deer on their feet during daylight yeah it's definitely been interesting for sure i mean it seems like the last couple years we've not had the best late seasons you know like to get that you know cold cold december snow like you know bucks piling into grain just out in the fields eating um i'm I'm praying it's early in december now hopefully the next 25 days or so we just get some cold dang weather yeah that's that's what we're praying for yeah that's i mean that's kind of what i'm hoping for me like rut hunting here in missouri has never been great like the property that i hunt if i could hunt the southern property the one just just across the road from me i'd love the rut around here but for whatever reason they just don't hang out on the properties i hunt during the rut and one of these years i mean you'd think after this year with the experiences that we had on the island in wisconsin i would just finally branch out and do some (laughs) more public land stuff but i like having history with deer too you know it's it's so much fun to track the progress, watch them in velvet, see them in person and kind of get to know the deer and then go after them. Whereas public land, I'm like, dude, yeah. I might find a monster. I might not see anything. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's almost like fishing in the ocean a little bit. You don't really know yeah. what the heck's going to come out of there. You know, yeah. you're like, there could be a good buck in here. I could be a bunch of minnows. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but hunting, hunting your stuff that, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat in Michigan here is, I own just a little 20 acre piece and I got 10 acres at my house and I know every deer, you know, within a square mile of there and I have histories and sometimes I even get sheds off them, which is pretty cool. And then I go hunt it. So I grinded in October this year in Michigan and it was like, no, like nothing came out of it. Like just see a couple little bucks, maybe one good buck. And I put so much time into it and it's, I'm in the same boat as you. I might be spinning my wheels a little bit. I probably should go somewhere else. Um, But yeah, you get almost that attachment to these deer you're getting pictures of and wanting to kill them. So, yeah, I dude, I'm my season has been so bad here with the bow that I'm about to go and make another broadhead purchase. Like it's been that bad. Oh boy. I just keep on, dude, I don't even know. So I had the two deer in Wisconsin that I shot and didn't rec. Well, I mean, one of them got recovered by another guy. And then the other one, we'll talk about that story here in a little bit. But those two, I had a deer that I shot at here in Missouri 
and my arrow went one direction and my knock went the other as soon as it left my bowstring. That was the first oh no. That was the first deer I shot at this year. And I've I'm telling you, I have never ever had a deer get away while I'm shooting my bow. Like any deer that I've shot at, I've recovered. And this year I had that deer I shot at, the arrow, they both landed 10 yards in front of me. The knock and what the arrow. The heck? No idea. Went back, shot 60, I don't know, 50 to 75 arrows, somewhere in there. And no issues at all. Then Wisconsin shot those two, shot a raccoon with my bow out of the stand, shot a coyote with my bow out of the stand, shot at another coyote, which I showed you the video of. <laughs> yeah, the video, yeah. So I've burned through two brand new packs of rage hypodermics this year, and I've got one <laughs> buck to show for it. And no, not to show for it that I killed with my rifle. So I've got a coyote and a raccoon to show for it. And oh, no. <laughs> so I'm about to go make another. I mean, I still have, I still have three arrows with good broadheads. I'm an idiot though. And I keep telling myself I'm going to bring a bad broadhead with, and that's going to be like my coyote raccoon arrow. And then I never do. There you go. So I end up using a brand new one. <laughs> oh man. Well, if you're having fun shooting that shit, I guess that's the first part. You know, if, if you're, in, <laughs> if you're enjoying yourself, dude, I'm bringing my slingshot out from now on. I went and bought those like bigger, uh, ball bearings and i'm just gonna bring that out from now on and shoot squirrels <laughs> when i get bored but it seems like every time i'm screwing around i hear a crunch and i look back and there's a deer and i'm like oh crap shouldn't have been messing around yeah yeah for sure i get that man yeah so, it seems like uh by the time you put a lighted knock on a you know high-end arrow with a, a broad head it's like dang you're shooting 50 dollar bills or you know yeah, you might as well just drop your bow out of this tree every time you shoot it's expensive, yeah. man. It really is. I I used to complain about ammo prices, but now that I shoot bows a lot, ammo is cheap. It is very cheap. Um, going back to what you're saying about your arrow going one way and you're not going the other way. I had something like that happen to me a long time ago. Um, I was hunting in Michigan with my buddy Zach, and we were doing something super stupid, which I don't recommend doing. We were double climber. I don't know if you've ever heard of people doing this, but oh, no, he, he was, he, he was filming, <laughs> he was filming and I was hunting and he went up first and then I went up second. We had two climbers and I don't know what happened, but I was full draw on this doe and I was just here in Michigan. We were trying to shoot a doe. And when I shot my knock, you could see in the GoPro was like halfway out of my arrow. So I shot my knock into my arrow and the arrow exploded in the bow. Arrow oh, blew up, gosh. half of it went, half of it went forward. Yeah, string blew up, bow blew up. And, like, when it was all done, there was, like, two fletchings, like, landing, like, sitting on me. And I think we found the the broadhead and a quarter of the arrow behind us. So, like, the broadhead went, like, this way, and some, it was the craziest thing ever. What? Um, but that's the first thing that came to mind when you said it went that way. I wonder if there's a, you know, sometimes when you're full draw – and you have to readjust or move, you're like slowly pulling that knock out of that arrow. I wonder if that's what could have happened I, to you. Dude, that's definitely what could have happened. I've been racking my brain this whole time trying to figure it out, and I haven't been able to, but that kind of makes sense. The only time I've ever had anything weird like that happen, um, I just got my bow restrung, and I was shooting paper at the archery shop, and as soon as I shot, you know how... You know, when you're shooting, you should see a hole and then three lines when you're shooting through paper. Yeah. You know, your arrow is flying on plane. Well, 
mine was like a downward 45 degree angle and like eight inches oh no <laughs> what the heck and literally my lighted knock on the end of my arrow shot straight up and was sticking into the drop ceiling and i'm like what the, what heck? the heck i'm like dude my bow was shooting great before i brought it in here and the guy's trying to figure it out what happened is he when he tied on my uh drop the string for my drop away rest he tied it on backwards so it didn't release so like basically oh no it so never, it, yeah it, it, the drop away didn't engage when uh i let my bow loose and so what happened is my fletching caught the drop away flipped my arrow up and launched my knock into the ceiling and he's like i do oh, He's like, I've been doing this for 12 years. I've never done that before. He's like, I am so sorry. I'm like, it's a really good thing my bow didn't just explode on me or, you know, something crazy. Happened. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's the only time yeah, I've ever I had an issue I wonder, like that. So. I wonder if that's what could have happened when, when it did. Were you full draw a while or was it just short? I think I was full draw for probably, I don't know. 12 to 15 seconds, I would guess. Okay. I don't think that would be enough to do it because when it happened to me, I was full draw like over a minute, like a minute Dang. and 10 seconds or something. And, you know, it was it was a while ago. And I just remember like the boat kind of crap a couple times and then you're just re-anchoring. And, then, and I think every time you do that, you're possibly just pulling that knockout just a little bit more, a little bit more. So, yeah, it's a fluke thing that you can't plan for. It's, it's yeah. crazy when it happens. Yeah, I mean, I recovered the arrow. There was no cracks in the arrow, uh, but I mean, I could definitely see like if that if that knock wasn't fully seated, or even if the string crept back in the notch on the knock, um, maybe yeah. when it pushed it forward, it just like almost like the steel ball thing where it swings the Newton's cradle. Yes. It's like it could have hit the knock into the arrow, launched the arrow out, and then the knock continued as well. So yes. I'm going to go with that because other than that, I have no guesses as to what happened. <laughs> That's uh, one cool thing about us filming our hunts is whenever something catastrophic happens, we have like multiple angles of whatever's going on. We can go back and be like, oh, okay, here's what happened. Or So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we, you and I talked about this in Wisconsin and you've killed every single deer you've ever killed except for one on camera yes well as close to as can be on camera i've definitely missed some got some out of focus or just out of frame oh, yeah. but um yeah but every deer i've ever killed has been on video other than my first first buck i ever shot jeez so, man pretty, pretty cool i'm trying i'm trying to keep that record going it's it's tough <laughs> see i'm i'm at the opposite end of it all where i haven't killed a single antlered animal on camera. I got my first antlered animal shot on camera this year, but I think I'm just bad luck, right. man. My listeners have heard this story before, but I bought a 4K camera for my buddy's moose hunt, fully intending on filming his once-in-a-lifetime Colorado moose, and his girlfriend and him went to get a better look at a moose. We didn't think he was going to shoot it. I gave her my camera, said hit the record button. She didn't get it on camera. And he shot this moose oh. and it was the most glorious like image in the, in the valley in between all of these mountains, the sun wasn't even fully up yet. And the moose like tipped its head back and let out this cloud of breath. 
and she's standing right behind him with the camera. And I'm like, this is going to be the coolest video I've ever seen. And she's like, I think I hit the right button <laughs> and it didn't happen. Oh and no! So it's like oh. literally every time I try to film something cool, it doesn't work. But this year I finally got my brother, my brother shot an elk this year and I got that on camera. So that was cool. That is cool, man. It, it definitely adds a, another element to the hunt. It can either hurt you or help you in a lot of ways. You know, it's, yeah. it's a positive when you have to go back and see where you hit the animal. You're like, all right, I can go back to the shot and see where it hit. Um, you know, I, you, you met our intern that came to Wisconsin with us. Yeah. Um, I've always, always self-filmed all my hunts. So this is the first time ever that, um, when a deer comes in, I'm not camera first and then my bow and arrow. So for me, it was always like a mental stimulant. Like, all right, as soon as an animal comes in, I got a job to do, get him in focus, get him record, get my bow in my hand, make sure he's still good. All right, where am I going to shoot him? Kind of got a little process. Yeah. Well, now that I got a camera guy, um, you know, on the back of the tree, three foot away, a deer comes in and I go to grab the camera and the camera's missing. I'm like, oh no, I got a, a guy that's <laughs> filming this hunt. Uh, so Brian, can you see him? Are you on him? Are you, can you see him? Are you good? You know, nod his head. Like that's, it's actually harder for me. I've, I've learned this season to hunt with a camera guy than it is for me to do it by myself. I bet man, being so used to it. Now, here's a question. What would that relationship look like if you shoot an absolute monster and something happened on his end where he didn't get it? Yes. That, that's <laughs> the hard part, man. Uh, he might take a quick I, trip I, down the tree. <laughs> right. no you definitely gotta be on good terms and and understand uh communication is key to when it comes to having a camera guy and you know a hunter so uh something we've been doing is wearing wireless mics and then yeah. he actually has like apple headphones in oh so sweet. if a buck comes in and i whisper like hey brian there's buck you know he's like boom it's in his ears it's loud clear as day like i don't have to yell back well uh, we had an instance in Missouri this year, my first sit in Missouri and uh, on Halloween. I don't know if you saw this catastrophic miss. I missed a, a good deer. Uh, but the the we sat so long and it was freezing cold, 22 degrees, and we turned the mics on too early and it was like prime time. And uh, I'm whispering to Brian, he can't hear me. The mic's dead. I'm like, oh, oh no, no, he's so far away from me. Yeah, and he can't hear me. And the buck we're in there after comes in, reads the script, and I could have had him dead there. You know, Brian, you on him? I can't hear him, you know. And he he wasn't. That's why he wasn't replying. He actually heard me. And, um, yeah, just that communication factor between hunter and camera guy, dude, it complicates things, like, insane. I I can't imagine, like, the big time – I mean, thinking about the meat eater crew. And having multiple right. camera guys on you when you're on an elk hunt, a moose hunt, a deer hunt, whatever, and making sure everybody's on the same page. I mean, you really almost have to have somebody who is a hunter and understands it so that you're not training them in the field on how to do all this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's something, uh, you know, Brian and I were kind of going over, you know, like when you get in a tree stand and you're like, all right, you know, your range finding stuff, this is 30 yards, this is 20 yards. Um, you know, you kind of got to go over a game plan with your camera guy too. Like, Hey, can you film this scrape or can you film this opening? Okay. You can't film the opening, but I can shoot the opening. So, so don't kill him here. So that, that makes it harder too. Like I can kill him here, but the camera guy can't film him there. Uh, so yeah, just had to, adds a whole nother element. And, uh, it's, I'd say it's more difficult for me than it's ever been just because 
I've always been in control. That would be really tough, man, to have shooting windows that are good from two angles. Because like typically, you know, you're the center of a wagon wheel and the spokes go out and you've got all these different spots. Well, now you add a second spot that those spots all have to be good for also. Right. So, yeah. Jeez, man. It's yeah, tricky. I don't envy that. It, you know, and it's, we're doing the best we can to get it on video, but at what point is it, you got to kill the animal? Cause if not, you're going to miss the chance and, and stuff like that. So it's like, we're going to do everything we can in our power to get it on video, but it's, it's hard to, to say we're not going to shoot them if you can't, you know, <laughs> uh, run a, run a GoPro or a bail, bail out camera behind you just in case or something. All right, guys, I've got to tell you about some of the new XOP products that I've been using this fall. And some of them I use in kind of an unconventional way. First off, I use the Mondo saddle, but I also use their Turkey hunter vest and I take the cold world stand, put it in the back of the vest and carry it in that way. Depending on how far I have to pack in, I'll just bring a foot platform. But one thing I've learned is that if I put the seat cushion on the underside of the seat and flip it up, it turns it into a knee pad also, or I can flip the seat down and sit on it like a conventional tree stand. I also use their holster kit clipped right onto my saddle to carry in my climbing sticks while keeping my hands free. If you're interested in getting a mobile hunting setup like mine, go to xopoutdoors.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. Shopping for the perfect gift can be a total pain. Luckily, Vortex makes it easy and has something for everyone. Whether it's a stocking stuffer like a Venom Red Dot or a bigger gift like the Fury Range Finding Binoculars. But my personal pick this year is the Razer HD 13 to 39 by 56 spotting scope. It's compact, I can take it anywhere, and it's at the top of my list. So no matter who you're shopping for, gift giving just got easier when you enter code NOMADIC10 for 10% off your apparel order at eurooptic.com. And now, Let's get back to today's show presented by Vortex. Dude, I should have had a buck on camera last year with my bow. And I don't know, it could have been me or it could have been it, that it timed out. But I I bought uh, a couple GoPros and then I bought the watch. And I hit the, I hit the watch to turn them both on and start. I had them set to where they turn on and start recording. One button, and yep the buck was behind me. And so I spun around fully in my saddle. This was my first time ever in a saddle. And I spun around, drew back. He was, or I didn't draw back yet. He was walking towards me, but he was at like 19.6 yards. I think it was. And I'm like, dude, he's facing right at me. He's feeding in the woods, but I've got a perfect shot on him right now. And I was like, if he picks his head up, I'm shooting him through the chest. If he turns either way, yeah, frontal shot. If he turns either way, I'm going to have a broadside shot. And I'm like, my GoPro is recording. Everything's good. He ends up turning left. I thought that's where he was going. And when he turned left, I just smoked him. Then he ran. And because I don't think about filming a whole lot, I didn't turn anything or check anything. He ran 10 yards, stopped. I ended up leaning back. I mean, my body is more than 45 degrees to the tree. And... I'm like all the way leaned back, get another shot on him. And then he ran out and died. And I filmed him once he got out into the field. I grabbed my phone and like turned it on, zoomed in. 
got him tipping over, but my GoPros didn't catch anything. And I'm like, what? Oh, they didn't? Dang it. Not a single thing. Dang so it. it was, it was a bummer, uh, but I'm still glad I got a little bit of footage from it. I've been doing really good about getting B roll this year. And I mean, that's all I've really had the opportunity to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's filming. It's a, it's a hate for sure. I mean, uh, I was just down in Texas here a couple weeks ago and I got saved by the GoPro. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch that hunt. Or oh, not I definitely YouTube, watched that hunt. Did you? That was cool, man. Uh, that was, I don't know if you want to dive into that or not, but. Yeah, dude, uh, I want to hear was all cr- about your season because I've got nothing fun to share except for one hunt. No? So my <laughs> segment's going to be really short on this episode. Oh, that's cool, man. No, this, this year's been crazy. Um, you know, obviously we have the rise hunt and stuff like that. So, uh, my season started in August, went straight to North Dakota, um, shot a stud velvet buck first sit in North Dakota this year. Uh, so, which is crazy. Cause I shot one last year in North Dakota opening day and the, or the day after. Uh, so I've sat three sits for myself in North Dakota and shot some really nice bucks. So started Dang. the season off really good in North Dakota. Um, you know, came back to Michigan, hunted Michigan for like a week uh, and then we went out to Wisconsin, you know, met, met you and all the guys from XOP and had an awesome camp. Um, dude, I love that we still got our chat going. Like, it's just like a never-ending XOP chat, which is pretty cool. I just think we need to do more than one hunt a year, man. That was a fun camp. Yeah. Everybody got good content out of it. But, like, I was talking to – I think I was talking to Tom about it. I've got a buddy who's got a 6,500-acre lease down in Florida – and they're trying to kill a bunch of pigs down there. I'm like, you know how good of a trip that would be and how good the content would be sitting in these tall pines shooting pigs with our bows out of saddles and tree stands? I'm like, that would be cool. Do another, do another hunt. Yeah, dude, I'd be all for it. That, that whole camp was awesome. Just the camaraderie and like having an actual deer camp and then not only like having a deer camp for the camaraderie, but we like actually got into deer. We got in, killed yeah. some does. You shot a really nice buck, like um just the whole experience of wisconsin was awesome like i really hope we do that again in wisconsin next year i don't know what the plan is but that was that was a blast they're talking about coming down here to my neck of the woods next year but i i told tom i was like i'm fine with having guys come down here like i'll try to put them on deer but i think we need to go back to wisconsin i want to hunt that island man i haven't even yeah okay, i want to go back to i'm gonna i'm gonna share that story with you because you were obviously in the woods on the island the same day when i shot that buck you were yeah. a part of almost everything involving that buck well i went out to colorado at the end of october through the beginning of november and i the lady that we had come out and track with her dog i was like hey is there any way you could you could just go and see because i knew she was local i'm like i would love to get some closure on it and find out like what's going on because for whatever reason my trail camera quit working and i was like somebody probably stole it right and uh she she ended up getting back to me she said they went out they bumped the buck again and i'm like dude still alive she's like it was running good she's like it definitely had a limp but it was running good and i was like okay good i'm glad it's not just gonna lay out there and get eaten alive by coyotes and so At that point, I said, I knew I was going up there for rifle season. 
uh, to the normal property that I hunt. But I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to bring my canoe with and spend opening weekend on that island. I said, I told my wife, I said, somebody's going to kill that buck on opening weekend. And so I, I had some tooth stuff done on the Friday before season. Normally we get up there like Friday afternoon. Well, we didn't leave Springfield till 3 PM, 4 PM Friday afternoon. Season opener is on Saturday morning. And I get to my sister's house at two in the morning. Don't leave her house until almost four in the morning, drive two more hours to the island, get on the canoe, float out to the same spot that we all got out. And then I'm like, dude, I got to go pick out a tree in the dark. Like, I don't know where to sit. I haven't sat the north end of the island at all. But basically, you know how it makes an, we call it the W or the M. I M, sat, yeah. I sat on the right leg of the M and basically straight across from the middle point of the M. And I was like, all right, this is going to be a good spot. Couldn't really see much at this point. I'm on zero sleep and I get up in the tree <laughs> and I've got 15 minutes before legal shooting light. And I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm up here. I might see him. Something might happen. And then I'm debating like, okay, do I grunt rattle, do any of that? Because he's injured. He's still feeling the injury for sure. But is he going to still come in and investigate or is he going to go right. the other way? I don't know what I should do. And then I just thought, you know what? I'm going to be mad if I don't try everything. So I grunt, snort, wheeze, rattle, kind of do the same thing that you heard from your tree when we were up there. And uh, I think about five minutes goes by. Oh, sorry. The sun comes up and I realize I've got nowhere. Like, I don't have any good shooting lanes. I mean, very few. Oh, no. I've got I've got like maybe three in the full 360 degrees around me. I've got like three shooting lanes and they're all about <laughs> yards. And I'm like, dang it, man. I don't want to get down right now. This is prime time. I already started hearing gunshots go off and like on the mainland. And so I go through, do the grunt, snorries, rattle sequence. And about, I don't know, three or four minutes goes by. And we're like five minutes into season. And I hear what is for sure a deer coming towards me. And I'm like, oh crap, like this is going to happen. So I grab my rifle and I go to turn on my camera because I've got my phone mounted and it's already pointed in the direction that this deer is. And I go to like lift my hand to hit record and i look down and here's this buck at 20 yards staring at me oh no and i'm like crap dude <laughs> i just froze i froze he put his head down and went behind a tree and while he was looking at me but i didn't have it wasn't like wide open like he could definitely see me there was a lot of brush in front of him but i could see his ears and his antlers and i'm like i know he's looking my direction and so I just abandoned the phone altogether. I swing the rifle around when he goes behind a tree. And as soon as he stepped out, I shot him and he took off running. Well, I saw five on his right side and it was a really nice side. And so I'm like, it happened so quickly that I'm like, dude, all I saw was that it was a big mature buck, but I didn't really get a good look at it. So now I'm thinking, how is my shot? Like, where exactly did I hit him? He was at 20 yards. I'm using a scoped rifle like that all it was was fur in there and i'm pretty sure i put yeah. it where i needed it to needed to and i hear crunching out in the cattails 
And then I see his rack pop up and I go to pull my rifle up. And by the time I get my rifle to my shoulder, he's gone. Well, then I hear crunching right underneath me. And I'm like, dude, this better not be that buck that I shot with my bow. Like, I'm going to be so mad if it, like, if it was a different buck. So I look down now there's a doe at 20 yards and I'm like, not even interested in her at all. I'm trying to figure out where my buck went. And then I hear crack, like crunching in the cattails all the way by where you sat, like a couple hundred yards away. And it's like animals running. And I'm like, crap, dude, did he really just go that far? I'm like, I have no way to know if it was even him or not but he was headed right for the middle of the M and I'm like, I never saw him come out on that M, but I definitely hear something way out there. And then I could hear the water. And so I'm like, now I know it's heading toward mainland and I'm just sick to my stomach, but also like, it's probably something different. Cause I, I don't typically miss with my rifle. And anyways, I get down right away. I'm like, I'm just going to go. So I get down, find blood right away. I'm like, okay, it's great blood in those cattails. You know how that looks. I mean, there's just blood. Oh, yeah. So I start going. And as I'm walking, I hear a shot from behind me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody may have just killed the buck. And then I hear another shot from a different part. And so I'm like, dude, that buck is definitely going to die today. I go recover my deer, not the same deer. <laughs> He's five on the right, really nice five. He's three on the left. His G2 is completely snapped right at the main beam. I mean, like he lost a Broke it all. nine inch G2. It's just completely sheared at the main beam. And so I'm, I'm thrilled, man. I'm super happy. But now my mind's racing. Like this isn't that buck. I wonder if they just killed it. And so I start you yeah. know, getting a couple pictures, some videos. I think I sent you guys all a video on the group chat. And then I hear, I hear these guys talking and I'm like, dude, they're not that far. I'm going to go and chat with them. I start right, see what they over. Shot. Yeah. I start walking over. I whistle a couple times and then finally I hear them say, yeah, over here. And so I walk through and I'm like, you guys get a big chocolate rack 10 and they go, yep. And I go, oh, no. I go, does he have a jacked up shoulder? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I walk up, and as soon as I saw him, I was like, that's him. And I lift up his shoulder, and I could <laughs> oh, see no. everything. The whole story came together. I knew exactly what happened. I mean, basically what we expected went through. When he ducked, it caught his arm. It went, or his leg went through just broke the skin some fat and muscle but didn't actually puncture the chest cavity yeah and uh yeah anyways they ended up getting him i got to lay hands on him it was pretty cool showed them the video told them the story they were like well thanks for not making a good shot i'm like yeah yeah you're welcome man thanks for that comment but no it was what a crazy story dude so i mean it was awesome because i ended up getting a deer and i ended up being able to close the book on that buck and not still be, you know, like right now I would still be thinking, what is that deer doing? Is he dead? Is he alive? Am I going to find yeah. a skeleton and a dead head next year or, right. you know, what, what happened? But so that was, that was pretty cool to get closure, but that's almost the only interesting story I have from this. Season, so. Jeez, man, that's, that's a roller coaster ride. It's like, you never forget the deer that you screw up on. 
Yep. You know what I mean? You'll forget the ones that maybe you like you've seen or something on one run across the street here or something, or, you know, obviously you remember every deer that you killed, but like, if you mess up on one, that one just sits with you rent free forever. Like it just drives you crazy. Like it'll wake you up in the middle of the night and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, that deer, you know? So I'm sure I know that was eating you alive. Man, I've heard I've heard NFL players talk about that. Like they remember every detail about the Super Bowls that they lost, but yes. the ones that they won become a blur. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I know that feeling, man. I definitely know that feeling. I can I could go back to the same tree and show you the exact gap that the buck was in where my arrow and knock detached. I could I could walk yeah. you through every detail of all of the encounters I've had this year that didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's, uh, yeah, I just talked about it on the last segment that we did on the rise. I said something about if you've never wounded or missed a whitetail, you've simply not bow hunted long enough. It's yeah. not, if it's going to happen, it's when it's, it's when, and I'll argue that with anyone. It's like, if you know, like you were, like you were telling me in Wisconsin, like you're like, dude, every deer has just been bam, tendering, tendering, tendering. Uh, so this one was like, what the heck? Like, how, Dude, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, it really throws you for a loop when things go south, man. It it does, and I'm hoping that this year's bad encounters is like makes up for the next ten years of good encounters. You know, right? Hopefully, I got for them sure. all I mean, the those... way in one season. Yeah, for sure, man. Not to be cliche, but like those mistakes make you a better bow hunter. Yeah, you know, because you got to learn. My... Uh, my girlfriend, Lauren, has been going through some stuff this year. You know, she shot, uh, shoulder shot one of our target bucks in Missouri early and just just hit him right in the shoulder, you know, 20 yards. And she's low poundage bow. I mean, we have the right, uh, you know, arrow set up and stuff, pretty heavy arrow, fixed blade head. Like, if you were going to hit that shot, she had the right equipment, but it's just a low poundage bow and, you know, it's a woman's bow. It just it didn't have the speed to penetrate. Yeah, and um you know she's like i need to go up in poundage i need to do this and i said no you don't we need to work on your accuracy we need to work on um you know reading the animal is the shoulder forward is it back you know what's his body language is his head down is his head up is he alert or is he chill um those things in my opinion are just so much more important than everything else yeah um you know understanding is the deer gonna react is he like i said is he head up is he head down did you stop him? Did you not stop him? Because all those things matter. And uh, so those those tough lessons, unfortunately, I hate saying it, but the only way you're going to learn how a deer reacts is by watching him react. Sometimes you get lucky and still kill him. Uh, but most of the time, if they react, like my girlfriend, you know, it's just boom, hitting the shoulder. I'm like, all right, now you learned a lesson. What's the lesson? A, I mean, the first lesson was his head was down. Second lesson was the shoulder was back. He had his arm back. And three, he reacted a little bit. You know, your aiming was a little bit tight to that shoulder. So the next animal you go to shoot at, creep off that shoulder, be aware if their head's up or down, are they alert, you know, all these things. And it's like every time you have these mistakes being a bow hunter, I think you become that much better of a hunter. Yeah. You know, every single time these mistakes happen, you just, okay, you start learning and learning and learning. Um, so, yeah, we were just in Texas, dude, and she just, she just shot one and, I'm like, I'm telling her, aim low, you know, aim low. 
and this butt's blind in one eye, so he doesn't react. <laughs> she hits it low. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, so it's like totally my fault. I'm like trying to coach her through it, and the coach is giving her bad directions. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's funny. So walk me through that Texas hunt. Where'd you guys? Where'd you guys go? I mean, you don't have to share exact location, but uh, hunting private. Public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a uh, private land. Um, ba- basically, uh, I don't know if it's the right terminology, but a fan of the show, I guess a guy I met through the rise, um, was like, you know, watching our shows and our hunts and kind of go back and forth, just talking about Texas and stuff. And he's like, man, you got to come down to Texas and hunt. You know, I'm like, man, I'd love to do that one day. And, um, he rides dirt bikes. I ride dirt bikes. So we kind of got talking about dirt bikes and stuff and just had a lot, a lot in common, you know, deer hunting and stuff. And, uh, he invited me down last year to come hunt in Texas. He's like, dude, come down and hunt. Like I got property. I got a place to stay. Like come down and stay, come hunt. And I'm like, man, last year I couldn't make it work. I was all over the map. We were in Kansas and the Midwest and stuff. And, um, so this year when it started, when I started writing out my schedule, you know, obviously we had Wisconsin and, you know, North Dakota, early Michigan, Missouri. So I had five States on the roster this year, all for whitetails. And I said, there's a big gap, like after gun season comes in in November to like the beginning of December, um, I was like, dude, I could make it work if, if this is something we could potentially do. And he's like, yeah, man, come on down. Like you're going to come hunt. And I was just like, it almost was like too good to be true type yeah. thing. Like you thought he was going like, to kill you I... and sell your kidney or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I got that in the back of your head. Like, man, but, uh, no, he's honestly just a really good dude and, uh, invited me down and Lauren's like, if you're going to Texas, I'm going too. <laughs> so sent, sent the intern home to Ohio for a week. I was like, man, go be with your family around Thanksgiving. Uh, Lauren and I are going to head to Texas and do some whitetail hunting. And on the way down, she's like, what do you think? And I said, I mean, it all sounds way too good to be true. So once I get here, we'll evaluate like how good it's going to be. And it exceeded my expectations. Like this property was dynamite. Everything was awesome, dude. We've seen more bucks in Texas than I've seen like everywhere in all four States that I've hunted. Like it was just, um, it was amazing. Um, went in there and just got covered up in deer like literally 30 minutes of being in the blind the first sit we saw five bucks like they're just Dang, piling out everywhere i was like people are like is this uh fenced in deer is this high fence i'm like no this is not high fence and they're like holy crap you're just covered up in deer so the the whole texas experience was awesome but i think i killed on I can't remember what day it was day four. I think it was being down okay. there in Texas. I was having, having encounters with this really good buck. Um, he was tall, kind of tight, shorter tines, but he's probably like that, you know, mid forties buck, yeah. probably like a four or five year old deer. And I was seeing him, but you could tell he was more interested in the does than he was like, cause he had feeders like, uh, you know, corn feeders, protein feeders. Yeah. And, He's got everything all hog fenced off to keep the hogs out and stuff like that. That's another reason people thought I was hunting like some high fence farm or something because <laughs> they saw the fencing. I'm like, no, it's not a high fence. But no, it's low enough I'm for having... the deer to get over, but the, the pigs can't get through it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was hunting hunting there. I think it was day four and actually it was day three. We seen this buck and this was the second time we seen him. And I said, man, we need to get over on the other side. The wind's going to switch out of the north. We need to be over where he's where he's running. And Mark, the guy we're staying with, is like, just move the ground blind over there. And, you know, you and I, like, if we move a ground blind, that freaks deer out. Like, you yeah. can't just move a ground blind. They're not turkeys. Like, that freaks <laughs> them out. Yep. 
And I'm like, well, you got this tripod stand sitting here and it's like a 10 foot tall tripod tripod stand. I've never hunted out of one of these things ever. Like it felt weird and even climbing up in it. But Lauren and I got done hunting uh, the third day in the morning. And I said, let's move this tripod. Let's set it up for, you know, the evening and, and stuff like that. So her and I drug this tripod over, got it set up. And um, obviously it's a single person tripod, so she couldn't come film. And I'm like, yeah. I don't even know how I'm going to hook a camera arm to this thing because it's, <laughs> there's nowhere to hook anything. I can't do like a, a, you know, a video tripod and I'm self-filming. There happened to be like 22 mile an hour winds, 40 mile an hour gusts. When the wind would gust, this tripod I'm sitting in, dude, wanted to wheelie. Like it was like, I thought I was going to tip over in this thing. Uh, but moral of the story was I was, I was sitting in the wide open, like literally just a you know, a turd in a punch bowl, as my buddy Aaron always says, like, you're just literally <laughs> sitting there, like, waiting for a deer to walk out, just like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was funny, so, so my thought process was, is bring the decoy, and put it right in this buck's lane, like, where I've been seeing him, and yeah. I'm like, if he comes out, he's gonna lock eyes with the bucks, you know, he's not gonna look at me sitting there, and um, some does come out, blew at it, freaked out, they didn't like the decoy, which is fine, and then this buck pops out. And when he pops out at like 10 yards, I don't know what he is. I just see a big old frame and you can't age these deer in Texas. Cause they have little bodies. No, they all look so like I, year I and a half old. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I'm like, Oh no, is this thing too? I don't know. He's got a big frame on him. And, uh, he walks eyes with the decoys, goes out to 25 ish yards. I get the camera on him. I'm like, all right, we're good. I get full draw. And I'm about to shoot, and he but panics from the decoy. But when he does, he runs right to me, like 12 to 14 yards. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's right underneath me. I look over at the camera. The camera's literally just blowing in the wind. I'm like, oh, no. But I had the, I had the GoPro sitting as bailout, just aiming at the general area. Yeah. And I just, you know, kind of brought the bow down, went through the whole process again. Like, all right, whew, you know, calm down. We got to shoot. I was full draw a while, but it was really just like trying to be patient because, you know, just all that stuff, you know, there's a lot going on. Your heart starts racing and you just want to just shoot, but you, yep. but you can't, you gotta, you gotta go slow and slow the moment down a little bit. But, uh, I was able to shoot him there at 14 yards and he ran 60 yards and tipped over. All right. If you're not using Tacticam's reveal cell cameras on your hunting property for scouting or monitoring the wildlife, you are seriously missing out. When you pair that with the Reveal mobile app, you can see the action as it's happening, no matter where you are. In fact, I've got trail cameras up in Wisconsin on the land that we hunt. And not only do I get pictures from those cameras sent to me, I can also track the progress of the camera, the battery life, how much memory is left on the SD card, and I can see what the weather's doing at the time that a picture is taken. So I can't think of a better tool for scouting, whether it is close to home or in a totally different state. So if you want to stay tuned into the action or just get into the action, go to revealcellcam.com or tactcam.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. All right, how many of you guys hate dealing with tangled up rope, trying to untie it it's all knotted up and you actually really need it at the time. Don't raise your hands because I obviously can't see you, but those days are long gone. Rapid Rope is a quick deploy rope solution that you can pull the length you need and cut it all with one hand. You don't need 
knives or scissors or a lighter to singe the end because it's cross-threaded to keep it from fraying. Yeah, they've thought of everything. And this is way stronger than your average 550 cord. In fact, this is 1,100 pound test. It comes in a shatterproof canister that you could fit in the cup holder in your vehicle or your backpack or I don't know if you still wear cargo pants, any one of the thousand pockets that you have. It comes in a 120 foot canister, a 70 foot canister, and you can get a rope refill. So just in a matter of seconds, you could be deploying and cutting rope with one hand again. So if you want to stop dealing with the headache of untying rope and detangling everything anytime you need to tie something down, go check out rapidrope.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use Nomadic 15 for 15% off your membership. Jeez, man. Yeah, you sent that video over. And the first thing I thought was, holy cow, is it windy? I mean, it looked yeah. <laughs> like a tornado was coming through. It was so, that's how it is outside right now. I walked outside uh, and it's been that way for, I, I don't mind hunting the wind. I don't like hunting 25 right. mile an hour winds, but like 15 to 20 isn't bad. I love, like, yeah. I see a lot of deer movement in those winds, but it's been so bad. The other day I, I carried two trash bags out and it was blowing so hard the trash bags were almost 90 degrees to my body like blowing behind me i'm like but dude that's awesome man so was that have you hunted texas before or was this your first no whitetail hunt down there yeah that was my first time ever even going to texas so the, the whole yeah the whole experience was brand new from from never being there before um you know to killing a buck on the fourth day and I'm not going to say I had ground shrinkage on the buck or anything, but I definitely didn't account for the small bodies in Texas. Yeah. Cause I was like, it was like, I shot 180 deer. I was just like, you saw my video, dude. I was just so yeah. excited <laughs> and so happy. And I get to him and I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm happy. I'm for sure happy. But it was like, dang, I thought you were about 40 inches bigger a minute ago. Like, um, I would say that's the first time I've ever experienced a little bit of ground shrinkage and, you know, I'm going to be happy no matter what I should, yeah. at no point did it like bum me out, but I, I genuinely thought he was bigger. And I think that's it was just confusing. Was 10 foot off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yep. so confusing when you see deer like that in different States because you get, you get up to the deer and it's like when you see them out by themselves or even with other deer they all look the same size you don't have anything to compare them to like they're not standing next to an alberta whitetail or a michigan whitetail or wisconsin they're just out there and so you're just like oh it's just a deer that's all you think yeah and then you get up to them yeah and you're like dude these are like goats i mean like the bodies yeah totally different and i would have a really hard time judging how big a deer is 
down there. And similarly, people probably go up to the northern states from down there and they're like, I bet you it's almost the reverse effect where it's like ground growth. I don't know. The opposite of ground shrinking, ground ground enhancement where you walk up and you're like, I didn't realize how big this rack was. The body was so big. You looked smaller. Yeah. 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 It was, it was interesting. Like I said, I, I called Mark too. And I'm like, Hey, I'm super excited. I shot a 10 point. I hope he's old. You know, I hope he's mature. I hope he's, uh, you know, I said the Michigan came out of me a little bit. I got excited and just shot, you know, it was, it was just a, just a cool thing. You know, never, I've never shot one 10 foot off the ground, you know, to a decoy in a state I've never hunted. Just like all those things had my adrenaline going, like I was oh, yeah. killing a booner or something. <laughs> Uh, so no, that was, that was really cool that I was able to kill one. And Mark was telling me on the way down, he's like, Hey man, if your girlfriend's coming, tell her to bring her bow. And I said, you know, I don't want to over ask, like you're, you're letting us hunt on permission. I, you know, she'll bring her bow for sure. Maybe we'll shoot some pigs or something, but I don't want to like over ask and kill all your deer type thing. Yeah. And the whole time he's like, Tyler, you got to get one killed. Lauren wants to hunt. Like, come on, man, you got to, what the heck? So they kind of were picking on me a little bit. So he was excited. He's like, all right, perfect. Lauren's up to bat. Now Lauren gets to hunt. Um, Dang. Like, Sweet. So yeah. So, um, yeah, Lauren and I went out, we hunted, I don't know how many sits it was. The whole trip turns into like a blur, but we were there like seven, eight days. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was on Thanksgiving. We actually enjoyed, uh, Thanksgiving dinner with Mark and his family. Um, and that was, that was awesome. We got done with Thanksgiving dinner and, uh, we headed out to this blind he's hunting out of like elevated buck huts. I don't know if you ever sat in any of those like millennium buck huts. I have. Those things are really nice. They got like big bow windows up front. Like you can unzip all three big bow windows. So you just have like a ton of shooting. Dang. Um, and then they're set up. This one was set up on a feeder, which was, you know, I didn't have nothing against hunting against feed or on feed. Uh, but this was nice for her. Like if a buck comes in and stops 20 yards or 30 yards, I mean, this is just perfect for her, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we sat there and this buck came in, we, we ended up calling this buck the blind side cause he was blind in one eye and he, co- he come in and it was just, I think because he was blind, he was out there so early. Like we sat like an hour and a half and he jumped, jumps the fence, comes in and it's like broad daylight, like nowhere near prime time, like middle of the day. And he comes to 30 yards and Lauren goes full draw and we're kind of talking through the process, you know, okay, right there, aim right here, blah, blah, blah. Right when she's about to shoot, like, dude, I can see her finger on the trigger. This buck just turns and starts walking. Oh man. And you can hear her whisper, whispering in the, oh shit. You know, she got, got nervous, <laughs> put the bow down and then buck turns around. And I'm like, I kept telling her like, we got a job to do. We can get excited afterwards. We're not getting excited right now. We'll get excited when he's dead. Like, yeah. And that's something I tell myself. So I was hoping that would help her as well. Um, but no, so the buck comes in, finally turns. And dude, she she tendering this deer. I mean, she hit him perfect. The only thing we didn't account for is I was like, he's going to duck, aim a little bit low. <laughs> so she aimed a little bit low. And he didn't duck at all because he's blind. You know, he, he didn't see the arrow, did nothing. He's just ready and, to go. Uh, he's like, uh, if it's my time, it's my time. I'm not, I'm not reacting yeah. for anybody. <laughs> No. And then uh, I made a mistake too. So I'm filming the hunt just freehanding and the buck runs off and I'm, I say it, I'm like, he's going to tip over right there. Like he's dead right there. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, he's dead right there. And then a doe goes running 
and I, I followed the doe. I thought it was him. And I was like, oh my God, you know, what, how did, how did he just run off? Like in my head. I'm... And then I just totally caused a full panic between her and I, that this deer ran off and we waited till dark and went back in four hours later, two hours later from then. And he was dead right there. He was dead immediately oh, on the no. spot. It was just a different deer that you thought was him. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. That's funny. I mean, at least, you know, you got to recover him and nothing, nothing major happened. I mean, I'd yeah, rather... more moral of the story is I'm an idiot. I, I freaked her out. I told her where to aim wrong and I followed the wrong deer and made her wait. <laughs> yep. That's uh dude, that's new hunters for you though, like trying to teach and like coach and walk through stuff. They see when you're wrong, you know what I mean? But it's like, right. hey, no matter yeah. how much I've hunt because I like to hunt with new people and I do it quite a bit, and I'll say things and they're like, Really? I'm like, yeah, and then maybe it turns out to not be accurate, and then it's like, oh, just kidding. Like my brother, I told him, I said, dude, we've never killed one from the side-by-side -side trail or like the two tracks. We've never, and my buddy Sean, who's hunted there five times longer than me, he's like, yeah, dude, we've never killed one like from the two track, and what happens? We get out there, and we spot, well, we spotted bear tracks, and then we ended up spotting elk at that same spot. My brother shot one from the two track and really, all right, forget everything we told you up until this point. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> anything can happen out here. It's hunting. Yeah. That's, and, and I kind of, you know, my translation of that too is, is like, it's, it's God giving you a little bit of humility, you know, because yep. we think we've seen it all and we've done it and we know where to aim and da da da. And then it's like, as soon as you think, you know, it all, you'll miss the deer by three foot because of, you know, just, that's just how it goes. I think it's God giving you a little bit of humility, you know, for, for thinking you're perfect. <laughs> oh yeah. That's my thing is like, dude, I, I've never been the guy to pretend to know everything. You know, I tell people right. all the time, like I know a way to deer hunt or I know some ways to deer hunt. Right. I don't know the way. And it kind of drives right, me crazy right. when you hear people who are so diehard about you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And I'm like, maybe there, maybe on your property, you know, maybe in Michigan, you have to aim low. Right. In Texas on a half blind buck, yeah. you don't have to. So you can't ever <laughs> give a general to, rule for everything. Um, but dude, that's awesome, <laughs> man, that you guys both got to go down there. Was that, does she shoot deer a lot or was this, uh, was this one of her first? No, it was a big deal for her. No, so she shot her first buck two years ago in Missouri, her first deer ever, but it was a buck in Missouri. We shot it in September. Uh, we got that on film too, so that was cool. Um, it's probably like a 100-inch eight-point. And nice. this year, we went to went to Missouri in September again, and that's when she shoulder shot like one of our number one bucks, like a five-and-a-half-year-old stud eight-point. He come into 18 yards and read the script, and she hit him in the shoulder. So we did the whole tracking dogs, the whole nine yards, but we knew that deer was alive. And, yeah. you know, seven to 10, seven days, seven to 10 days after that, he was back hitting scrapes alive on the farm. Dang. I went down like 30 days after that and I missed him by three feet. I put an arrow right through the middle of his rack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Happened? That was, uh, did he duck it or dude? Oh, it was total user error it was 100 percent me i've never missed a deer that bad in my entire life like 
like you know how much I travel and hunt and stuff. I, I don't yeah. I don't portray to be an expert. I'm definitely not an expert. But uh first sit in Missouri, I was joking around with the intern Brian. I was being cocky. I was saying it's not if we kill one, it's when we kill one. I was just like saying stuff like that. He's like, Oh, okay, Mr. Cocky, you know. Uh we go in there first sit. You know, I had I had this buck pretty well pegged. Like he hit this scrape, like we call it the road stand. And he hit this scrape so much, it was like weird. Like I've never seen a deer just live in this area and hit this scrape so religiously. Like that's why Lauren was able to to get a shot at him because he was doing that. Yeah. And fast forward, yeah. fast forward thirty days, he's still doing it. So I I tell Brian we're going down there to kill this deer, and about everything that could go wrong went wrong on that hunt. Like microphones died, we couldn't communicate. I could have killed him off a of scrape, but Brian couldn't film the scrape. And then uh, it was super cold. It was uh, like 22 degrees, bunch of wind. And I went full draw on this deer, right? The scrape. I had him pin buried on him. You know, Brian, can you see him? Or can you film him? And I know he can't film him off that scrape, but I'm asking anyway. Like, please tell me you can because I got the pin buried on him at, you know, inside of 20 yards. I look over at Brian and nothing against Brian. You know, he didn't do anything wrong, but he can't film that scrape. So I see him dilly dallying with the camera and I'm just like, Oh no, I already know he can't. So the buck crosses the ditch, runs out in the food plot. And at this point you're, you know, twisting and turning, you're kind of following him. Now he's at like 22 yards. And I'm like, Brian, you know, can you film him? And I don't hear anything back. Cause he can't hear me. And I'm looking back and he's shaking his head. No. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like I could have killed this deer for 30 seconds now. Oh my God. And then he runs out to the middle middle of the plot like nudging a doe head down you know runs out and i think he's gonna just peel out so i i start you know trying to stop him get him to stop and by the time i do man my pen's doing like one of these like yeah oh no we're not even in the right galaxy here <laughs> and i squeeze squeeze and my bow doesn't go off and i'm like what the like my hands are so cold so frozen i wear like fingerless gloves yeah and i'm um, this is my first year using a thumb button as well. So I've been switching releases and stuff. And I, dude, I feel like I'm pulled all the way to behind my ear and I can't get my bow to go off. And I'm like, what the heck? And as soon as I go to like, just accept the terms, the bow's not going to shoot. I start to like come down. And the second I release pressure, the arrow leaves the bow. Oh my goodness. So I didn't even like shoot at the animal. I, I was honestly about to let the bow down. And it looks like I just catastrophically punched the trigger or something because it's like it looks like I misfired. Like you can tell it it surprised me when it went off. Yeah. And it, thank God the arrow did not connect with the animal. It it went right through his rack, like right through the center of his rack. And uh he, he didn't even know what happened. He jumped off, went off to 35 yards, looked around, he was like, What the? And then just went back to eating in the food plot. Oh my and goodness. he was quarter and away and i'm like i could probably shoot him right here and i'm like brian can you film him and you know he's like i can't even see him and he's like right there quarter and away 30 something yards and i was like i just missed him right here there's i'm not going to shoot further like something's wrong right now yeah um so yeah i i don't really have a good enough excuse other than it was just freezing cold and my adrenaline was through the roof and this is the first buck i shot at with a camera guy probably just yeah. just a big mixture of that and uh you know, like I said, God, God give me a little bit of humility for being cocky. He's like, Oh yeah, you're so good. Watch this. <laughs> That'll happen, dude, man. Well, what do you yeah. have? What do you have coming up the rest of the season? So going back to Missouri to try to kill that deer a third time, um, 
because obviously Lauren shoulder shot him. I missed him by a football field. And now uh, I'm going to go back after him uh, going out there in 10 days. I think December 15th, I'm heading out there. Um, God willing, hopefully we get some cold weather. That's that's yeah. really what we're hoping on. I, ha I have some standing beans on the farm. And then my buddy Chris, he plants a lot of standing corn. So we'll like brush hog some corn and stuff for some food to hunt over late season. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll be heading out there. And then after that, man, it's really just hunting Michigan until January 1st. And um, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm excited for hunting season to be over, but starting in August and hunting five states and traveling and producing the series and everything we're doing, like I'm, I'm so grateful to get to do what I'm doing. Yeah. But dude, holy cow, it wears it wears on you. Yeah, it does, man. The the long hunting trips, especially the traveling hunting trips, you know, like it's one thing to go and sit in a stand and, you know, do a full day of hunting. And it I mean that's that's exhausting in itself. But once you add traveling to it, like you can't get back into a routine. It's like from August to January, you're just out of routine. It's like every week something yeah. different, a different place, a different stand hunting a different animal or even a different species. And I've felt that for sure this year. I mean, we, yeah. between, between my travels and then like traveling for my wife and surrogacy and, and family stuff, I'm like, dude, I'm spent. Don't get me wrong. I don't want season to end. I know the day that it ends, I'm going to be like, dang it. I should have never like wanted yeah. it or wished for this, but <laughs> I'm definitely hoping to connect with a couple deer um here before the end of the year i've got i've got a lot of burger but i don't have many steaks and roasts and so obviously i'll get some out of that buck in wisconsin i've got some elk coming but i i've also got a couple friends here that are like dude we're not really getting out this year you know my one buddy had twins and so now he's at five kids he's like dude i'm probably not hunting at all this year and so they're the two guys have been like dude if you shoot a doe like we'll take it we'll take all the meat you shoot a buck we'll take the meat if you don't want it or need it and i was like you can have all the burger and then we can split the steaks or something like that but yeah. we'll see man we will see hopefully i can get a bobcat too never killed one of those but the tough dude. part is now i'm like it's bow season but also we're in an extended uh antlerless rifle season so right. it's like Okay, I know I could go and kill one with my gun. And then if I see a bobcat or a coyote, like I'll shoot that with my gun. <laughs> but I know as soon as I go out there with a rifle, I'm going to have a buck in bow range. <laughs> and I can't shoot that right now. So I'm like, dude, what do I do? I'll probably just end up. Yeah. What I'll probably do is I'll go out, I'll leave my rifle in my truck, I'll bow hunt. And then if I have to go back to the truck and get the rifle and go and hunt one out of a like spot and stock out of a field, I will. So there you I go. Don't know. I, I, I would, uh, I don't know the rules. Yeah. I, I don't know the rules in Missouri, but in Michigan, you can bring two weapons in the woods with you. Like you can bring your shotgun or your rifle and your bow, but they both can't be loaded. Oh, so interesting. when I'm hunting, like, yeah, so when I'm hunting a specific deer, I haven't done it the last two years, but in the past, uh, in 2019, I was hunting this big buck in Michigan, and I wanted to kill him with my bow really bad. And I was like, but I also don't want him to slip away. Like, I do want to kill him. Like, especially if he's out there, like a neighbor could kill him, small parcel. So I was taking my bow and my shotgun, my slug gun, 
but you can't have a bow in the air or, you know, an arrow in the bow, or you can't have a one in the chamber of the gun. You just have to have one weapon loaded. Um, but yeah, in that instance, that buck come into 50 yards, I had the bow in my hand and I'm like, dude, two more steps. I'm going to shoot you at 40. He turned around to walk away, took the boat, set the bow down, took the arrow out, put it in the quiver, grabbed the shotgun and shot him at 70 yards with the shotgun. That's funny. That's probably what I'll do. I'll have to look into that. I know I talked to a conservation agent years ago and he talked about bringing a shotgun and a rifle out for predator hunting. And so I'm like, you can obviously have two. I just don't know how it goes. If I could have, I'll have to look it up and see if I can have a rifle and a bow both in the stand with me. Cause if that's the case, then yeah, I'll go sit a bunch like that. Cause yeah. dude, I definitely, I definitely want to find some sort of success aside from raccoons and coyotes here in Missouri. But I also need to start right. seeing deer, man. It's just been slow rolling, had plenty of encounters early yeah. season, which is always the case. The rut was slow, which is always the case. Not this slow, but you know, they're typically not on the property. And then rifles or late season archery is typically pretty hot. So hopefully they start showing yeah. back up. It sounds it sounds like you're in a place that's got some food. If you're having oh, good yeah. success early and then good success late, and then in the rut they're just leaving. Yeah, I'm hunting in one little like. I'm I'm hunting primarily one little patch of woods that's surrounded on the uh east and south by beans and the southwest by corn. And there i mean i see deer out there but it's with the bow it's like they've got to come all the way across the bean field to get to me from like their main cover you know like it's all across the road right there's a couple spots i can sit but really they're tip they're not usually very good spots with a bow you know the deer kind of cross on the west side onto the property and that's just a four strand fence and there's, I mean, unless I hunt from the ground, there's no way I can kill a deer from there with a bow. So, right. I think it, I think it'll happen. I'm a, I'm an optimist when it comes to hunting. I always think every time I go out, I'm like, this is it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, even with the buck in Wisconsin, you probably said yeah. that was, that was the most pessimistic I've ever been, but it was after hearing from a lot of experienced hunters, like, dude, it's not really looking good. So. Yeah, I get that, man. That's that whole situation was it was kind of a bummer how it turned out how it did, but I mean I felt like I killed the deer. Like I was so involved in that Wisconsin thing, dude. Yeah, like, dude. When you guys called me, I was like, screw my hunt, screw everything. I was yelling, Nick was yelling. Dude, uh, we just, were all just that whole so fun. Yeah, we were all pumped, man. I'm hoping that's a yearly thing. I hope it's turns into tradition and we go back. And I've even talked to other people. They're like, dude, I'm I'm hooked up with XOP, like, and I go, dude, you should have come on that hunt. They're like, they invited me, but I didn't come. I'm coming next year. And I'm like, sweet, yeah. man. I'm, I'm just excited to hunt with people like that again, hang out with you guys, and hopefully we can get another hunt in. Um, but before we hop off, why don't you share with everybody where they can find stuff? I mean, you've got the rise, and you've got so many awesome videos out there. Where can they go and yeah. find it? Where can, where can they follow along on social media? All that stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, again, my name is Tyler Bentley. I'm the owner, founder of The Rise Hunt. Uh, you can find that on Carbon TV. It's also on YouTube. Uh, you know, obviously social media, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Just search The Rise Hunt. But 
Uh, we do a semi-live segment series throughout the entire fall. So we basically take 100 days of deer hunting. And we break it down in seven segments. Uh, and we, you know, it's myself, Tyler Bentley, Nick Cohealy, Isaiah Wyman, Michael Vasquez. There's four of us. And like I said, we hunt for 100 days. This year we did five states. And we kind of take the viewer along with us and we show our ups, downs, uh, whether we're kayaking out to an island and shooting shit in the shoulder, we're still going to show it. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, we show the good, the bad, and the ugly of bow hunting. You know, we we don't ever want to appear like we're perfect. And I think a lot more people can relate to those mistakes and um, and just trying to be real, real bow hunting and, you know, real hunters and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, ch- check it out. Like I said, it's the Rise Hunt. Probably the best way to find us is just uh, Instagram and TikTok, Facebook, that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully we can get to get together and hunt again soon. Um, good luck though. When you come down here to Missouri, I'll be, I'll be keeping you updated. You do the same. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll have a cold front and we'll both be texting each other buck pictures on the same night. That'd be awesome, man. That'd be super cool. But yeah, let's definitely get a, another hunt on the, on the books for next year or something, dude. Like we we definitely need to do some more hunting together. Yeah, I'm in. Well, dude, thanks for your time, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you having me on.